Mm-hmm. Welcome to Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. This is Bonnie. And in the background, you can hear my neighbor, Roy, pressure cleaning his driveway. He's getting it ready for the holiday season. <sighs> Good times. But, yeah. That's Karen talking, in case you oh, can't tell me. the difference. It's not Roy. That's right. <laughs> That's Roy talking. Um, so, welcome in. Um, we are doing a little Christmas episode here for you. And um, I guess in the welcome, do you want me to do just find us on all the platforms except maybe Twitter? Um, TikTok is Karen's uh, milieu. Is that the right <laughs> word? Um, it's my medium. I work in various medium. Uh, that one's one. So, and also Instagram, but I didn't realize Instagram had changed so much. You realized it because you pay attention to stuff like that. And I that. told you. And you told For me. A year. You, you, yeah. you told me, but I was just happily accepting all of their advertising and buying piles of shit that were, <laughs> that was so tailored to me. But. Somebody recently mentioned, you know, well, it's like with Facebook, you used to connect with people who you hadn't known in a while. And now on Instagram, you don't see your friends posts. And I was like, wait a minute. They're right. I'm like, I'm friends with my friend Kat on Instagram. I haven't heard from her in a couple of years, maybe. And one of our girlfriends growing up who played Charlie's Angels with us. And I looked Uh her up and I'm like. We are friends on Instagram. I don't see one thing that happens in her life. They have you hidden. Is that it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's it, so... Yeah, it's changed according to how many followers you have well, and that, all that shit. No. I know. No. Why can't it be just chronological? Because if somebody's posting something in real time, I don't want to miss it if it is pertinent to what's happening you know, at I eight agree. o'clock. Like, what if you post something and it's on the timeline before Michael Jackson dies, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, yeah, that gets, would be unusual. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it gets stuck in some other. So anyway, I feel like apologizing, and now it explains why. Do it. Why one guy who we went to college with is always the only one commenting when I post my pictures of my coffee foam over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> like, man, he must really like my coffee pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's totally screwed up. And, and they just want you to, you know, you need more followers. So you're going to spend a lot more time on it to gain those followers and interact and then buy more shit. You should be able to see everyone just because of you buying the shit. Like, that should already make you jump the hurdles Hmm. and be allowed to see the regular thing. But I guess not. Yeah, and then we got off Twitter. I'm on my personal one. And my personal one, I had some people re-liking some viral tweet I had two, three years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. And... I'm like, oh, here, it's renewed again, because a lot of places, like, picked it up. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting verified people. Who's this? Who's this? Nobody. They're not really verified. people with 25 (laughs) followers. And I'm like, oh, well. (sighs) Um, But, yeah, so not on there. It's such a train wreck. I barely have time to get on Facebook, but everyone's great there. If you are a sponsor, one I love our Zoom meetings that we do. It's like our personal small group. Like, it's comfort right. for me. And they're parties. They're not meetings. I mean, they're um, ragers. They're Sorry. <laughs> Very good. I love them, but, too. You know why? Because somebody on our most recent party said that they had tickets to go to a program, uh, not a program, a showing of George Harrison's tribute concert that all mm-hmm. of his friends did in a movie theater. And they had reworked it. And then I was like, well, I got to investigate that. And guess what? I went and it was lovely. And all the people in my audience were also George Harrison fans. So it was the I'd sweetest assume. little collection of people before the movie started talking to one another. And it was just a nice vibe. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's... Uh, one of the byproducts, you know, that I got from our yeah, Zoom meeting. Yeah, I just like, Party. like <laughs> seeing their faces. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, 
for us to see people who support as in like us yeah. <laughs> as people and we like them as people is very comforting to have that one-on-one and the platform itself that we do private newsletters and announcements to them now has a like Twitter feed chat group. So mm-hmm. not a lot of them have joined. I don't know if it's working well, but it can be like our own little, like I posted my Christmas tree and I'm like, it's post y'all's trees if you have them. So it's so not I'm Twitter, really but it's kind of like Twitter. Yeah, okay. so it makes me okay. feel connected. Yeah. And then Facebook, I barely get on just because I barely get on that platform, but our group there still going strong. Everyone is like sharing things. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um anything exciting happened with you this week? I went out after dark two times. What? <laughs> I know. Yep. George, I mean, when it gets dark so early, sometimes you're like, I know. oh, my God, I got to go out in it's this. midnight. So, yeah. yeah, the George Harrison thing and um, and then went to dinner with friends. But um, so <laughs> it's just weird when the when the clocks change back. I'm yeah, totally. I just get ooh, depressed and I brought out my lights for my uh, plants because my plants are depressed. <laughs> so. There you go. Sure. But no, I've just been, you know, starting to get gifts for people, put up all the Christmas stuff. And if you have not listened to our last, what, four years of Christmas things, we've covered like the beginning of Christmas, how Christmas came from pagan holidays, those weird... Um, Kaganers? What are those little... The Kegners. The little, where's that from? The Netherlands? No, it's from, um, it's from Spain. That little tiny subset of España, um, where Rafael Nadal is from, but that's not how I know about him. (laughs) Um, so it's this tiny little, like two inch figurine that people secretly hide in nativity scenes. And it's of a peasant man with his pants down pooping. It's so weird. It's, and you can get so weird. Like anything, you can yeah. get one of Trump doing it. You can get one of a dog doing yeah. it. You can get, you know, they do all your favorite <laughs> celebrities. But we talked about that in an episode maybe last year about the different traditions and oddities around the world. And this year we are going to hit you up on Christmas also because we know it's not a great time for people. And we understand that, you know, some people it. It brings up bad memories or difficult times or whatever. So just sit back and relax and listen to all the shit that happens to other people. (laughs) Because we're going to read some letters. And then we're also going to give you a little tour through the raging war on Christmas. Yeah, let me just also tell you that my nightmare is coming tomorrow. Um, it is the annual hell of writing business Christmas cards with Ooh. the person who I work with. And <gasps> this is her you have to thing. do them together? Oh, this is the worst. Um, she likes me to be, like, tethered, tied down to a chair mm-hmm. at her dining room right. table. So the chairs are really deep, and I'm really short and it cuts my circulation off by sitting in this chair. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've, so there's that. And then it makes, like, my neck go out because, you know, you're hunched over. And then she doesn't put any music on in the background of anything she does in life. It's constantly silent so she can hear the bullshit in her mind. And that's <laughs> fine. But then she subjects other people to it. And I'm like, okay. So there's the silence, there's the back going out, there's the circulation being cut off. And then if you want to leave and like, I'm going to go to Starbucks for 30 minutes, I'll be back. Oh, no, I can make you a cup of coffee. I'm like, I don't want your coffee. Right. <laughs> I want to get it's away. alone time. <laughs> so see, this is when I talked about people suffering at Christmas, yeah. y'all. This is it. You should just bring a net brace and just say this is preparation <laughs> the the, fu- the funny thing is like I realize it's nothing compared to what other people go through I realize that I realize that, that I, know. I know I get it yeah so I'm just I'm just putting that out there 
I I that understand. I and we're gonna read some pretty. Feel bad. We're gonna read some letters about some shitty stuff that people go through. Yeah, yeah. Yay. So also, our merch is still there. We'll probably be taking down obviously the Christmas ones within a week. So if you want to get any of the Christmas merch that talks about white Christmases, but brown saviors and all that, go ahead and get that because then they're going to disappear. It's like, um, what do you call it when it's just special limited time offer? We're going to put a, We're going to put everything back in the Disney vault and then we'll decide when to release it to you all again <laughs> on our terms. <laughs> and you'll line up and you'll like start chat groups and all that Facebook groups. Like when is it coming? Hey, but I did send you a picture recently and I think we should give somebody props somewhere. There was a nativity scene um, that was one of those blow up things that goes on a lawn and all the people mm-hmm. had very, very brown skin. And this is in the middle of whitey whiteville here where I live. And I was kind of happy about that. Yeah. I mean, exactly. nobody bought it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. So I maybe. mean, that's what we're going to talk about today, Bonnie. Okay. Diversity. Diversity. <laughs> Adversity. So we have just- <laughs> We have just a couple of letters. Um, the worst one's the worst one. The worst. Sorry, <laughs> it's Freudian, so it's true. Oh. Worst one is from Rochelle, and Bonnie'll read it. Okay. Now, just remember the trick. I haven't read these before, so oh. if I laugh and make extra sounds that Karen has to edit out, I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> So, (laughs) Rochelle says, growing up, my parents were very intent on keeping Christ in Christmas. Hmm. However, us kids were very much focused on opening presents. (laughs) (laughs) The general way it goes. To combat our Christmas greed and focus back on Christ, they had us wait to open any presents until the Christmas story had been read. Oh, man. That's a good way to make it not something that they pay attention to. (laughs) I know. Thankfully, they picked the shortest version of it, but it always took too long. One year, to get us more engaged in the story, they had the idea to have us act out the story. Oh, that's so annoying. Because, like, forced participation. That's the pipeline from that to then listening to us and writing it in. We proposed acting it out with Beanie Babies instead. (laughs) (laughs) Thus began the great Beanie Baby Christmas story tradition. (laughs) That's awesome. Each year we would get together in the living room with all of our Beanie Babies and not a present was opened until our Beanie Babies had been visited by an angel, traveled to Bethlehem, and given birth to Christ in a stable. The beanie baby. The teeny baby beanie baby. Contracting. <laughs> um, here's some beanie myrrh. <laughs> um, even as an adult, I can't think about Christmas without thinking of beanie babies. Really love the podcast. Your humor is keeping me sane. I want my first name shared on the podcast. Okay. I'm reading I everything. I've taken those off. <laughs> the end. The I end. I mean, that was a good idea. To tell the truth, to like let the kids play with toys it and is. do something. But yeah. that's torturous. And we had the same thing. My family did. Mm-hmm. Like we had to like listen to it or whatever. And I'm telling you, it it is torture. No matter how like Christian you are and believe in it and love it, you're just like, now I feel guilty because I'm listening to the real reason for the season. Right. But I just want my claws on that Barbie hair head thing. What was that? <laughs> oh, Where it was just a head. It and was Farrah's head, Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. And her yeah. hair was there for you to style. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And put blue eyeshadow <laughs> on the eyeballs. Yeah, and that hair just got like fried and knotted very soon. <laughs> it did. From what I can remember. Um let me just also say, have you ever seen the video, I suppose I've seen it on YouTube, of Elizabeth Taylor and Michael Jackson sharing Christmas morning together? Yes. Yeah. Well, we talked about it last in one of our episodes. We did? Well, I yeah, don't have any memory. But listener, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, that's just something that's really amusing. 
and it is, something to go crazy. look for. And it's funny. The yeah. okay, so the reverse has happened. The older I get, I'm like, I want to open Christmas gifts after I've bathed, and just feel yeah, like I get it. Uh, you know I'm not a disgusting mess with one side of my hair from being slept on at a different you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd like my mom to do the same thing, but it just doesn't. She just doesn't like that. She gets up you and can't she makes someone else. I know. Bathe. I know. Well. <laughs> Preach it, sister. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you reading this next one? Yeah, I'll do the next one. It's from Mo. Okay, this is some light trauma, L-I-T-E, so that means extra light trauma in this, but easy enough to laugh at now, 15 years later. It was the year one of the first viral videos. Wait, it was the year one of the first viral videos making its rounds. The timed house string lights set to Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Carol of the Bells. Could you sing that, Bonnie? Mm-mm. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, okay. That one. I could, but it, Roy's thing outside is really distracting me. <laughs> <laughs> it melts your face off as far as instrumental Christmas music goes. It does. Yeah. The worship pastor at our church thought it would be a great way to start the evening Christmas Eve services. I'm sure some of it was rooted in, look, some of these folks only go to church once a year. Let's see if we can hook them. Yeah. Or maybe it was just for fun. So Christmas Eve services begin, and they show the video of the house on the screen with the music playing perfectly coordinated, and it rocks, in parentheses, you know, for a homeschool kid. (laughs) (laughs) The team knocks it out of the park. Everyone is cheering and applauding. And then from a woman sitting beside me, my mom comes a resounding <laughs> boo. No. boo. <laughs> I was mortified. Oh my gosh, that is no. worse than your mother. Mom was very zealous and serious about her relationship with Jesus and to spend every moment doing something she didn't believe glorified him on Christmas Eve was boo-worthy. Oh. Booing in church. <laughs> I remember tracking down the worship pastor the following Sunday and apologizing on behalf of my mom. Oh my the elders and pastors at our church were very accustomed to my mom's strong opinions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We are so sorry <laughs> for... Uh, that's the worst, is being embarrassed by your parents. But I have not heard anyone <laughs> boo in a church service. It's easy to be embarrassed by your parents, but that is legitimate. Like, if that was a stranger, it'd be embarrassing. So, Totally. Yeah. Everyone would look ahead and be like, pretend you didn't hear it, pretend you didn't hear it. Right. That was like when my dad was asked to read the verses, because we used to have, like, verses read at church a long time ago. And it had the word shittites. And you know my dad's accent. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it was not shittites. It was shit, shit, shittites. <laughs> so, Karen, did you read the book, I'm Glad My Mom Died? I think that's the title by Jeanette no. McCurdy. No, but we were talking about that in the Zoom meeting, yeah. too. I mean, not meeting party, right? Or, um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. Okay, so what... What Mo just described is also how Jeanette lived because she was homeschooled. And so Mm -hmm. her only escape from her house, which was a pile of chaos, was church. And they were Mormon. And so her big excitement every week was rounding everyone up and like, come on, come on. We got to get in the car and go to (laughs) church. And I just felt the same way as like when Mo was writing this, you know, like the homeschool thing. Like church was church would have been double exciting for you then. And it would have been orderly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. For it sure. would have been the spectacle that you never saw at home. Well, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So I will read this next one from Millie. It says Christmas fun story. <laughs> or maybe it's Christmas fun story. <laughs> All right. When I was seven, I was in the choir for the big Christmas church play. Let's see, we don't call it a show. <laughs> 
Um, I was an intense kid who loved theater. Thanks to the cassette tapes we were given to practice with at home, I obsessively knew every song and every line. On the night of the play, the star Lara, a teen drama queen on and off the stage, was seeking major attention by saying her throat felt scratchy and she didn't think she could perform. The adults were in a frenzy. <laughs> I love that. Every elder and pastor was called backstage to lay hands and pray oh for Lara. We were all asked to pray for Lara. Yeah, I bet she wasn't praying for Lara, <laughs> dear writer of this letter. Um, the director was freaking out and having a panic attack. I politely told the director that I knew all of Lara's songs and lines. The director laughed but indulged me with an impromptu audition. I performed Lara's big solo and said every line perfectly. The director Bam. announced, Millie can do the part. God has answered our prayers but in a different way. <laughs> he always. I'm good. It's almost like you think of an alternative. <laughs> I haven't read the end of this letter, but I'm going to guess what's going to happen. <laughs> I bet you okay. Laura's voice suddenly clears up. Oh, let's <laughs> All right, see. let's see. Suddenly, Laura announced Bad. that actually God had miraculously healed her. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets the miracle and the solo. Fucking Laura. Millie didn't have to do her part after all. Laura felt absolutely perfect. What a miracle. And that's how I almost got to be the lead in the big play until God miraculously healed a drama queen. The drama queen. Please make that the title of your book. God miraculously healed the drama queen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, see, we didn't grow up in a charismatic church where there would be all that praying for healing, but... If we did, we would be having that all the time. Now, I don't I think I sent it to you, but our former pastor Oh god. He's been at a new church for years and years and years and it went viral this year because he had flying drummer Men. boys. Exactly. <laughs> Those were not boys. Um, sell beard oil on the side <laughs> and they're flying from the roof drumming the word Jesus is big on this huge Megatron in the back but they also charged to go to the quote show well we charged to, to go to the show tickets. so did we yes or did we just oh no it was expensive too I wonder if we charge before uh, the- that pastor I think so. The grown-ups always got charged. The kids singing Christmas tree was always free. (laughs) (laughs) But we had, like, people pass out, and we had, like, a paramedic underneath our our big tree that you climb up and all that. We've shared these stories in Christmas past. Go back and listen. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're not going to go back and listen, I was so proud that it was my dumbass boyfriend who passed out one year. You hear thud, thud, thud. (laughs) I'm like, what (laughs) dummy? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's my love. So the whole thing with the tickets was, I remember it was a big deal to be able to give the tickets out as ways to, you know, witness. Witness. Yeah. 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 Because in town, I mean, we lived in a big town, and that was a major attraction. And we would bring my grandfather every year. Oh, nice. He was a diminutive man and loved him dearly. But what he always did, he had been a physician. So he had with him all the time one of those tiny lights that you put in people's eyes to (laughs) see if their eyes are dilated. And the whole place would be dark, and then you'd see this tiny light, and <laughs> people what? would look, because they didn't know if it was part of the show, and it's right. him reading what song is next Aww. on the thing. And he would just do that every year, all the time, and I'd be like, oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> see? Okay. And he didn't even boo. <laughs> he did not <laughs> boo. Oops. So now I'm going to go back and tell you that we're at war. Yeah, we We are. We have been at war for many years. There's a war on Christmas, and Mm -hmm. we all know this because we hear it every year. We think of Starbucks and the whole ordeal with the cups, which I'll get into. But I just wanted to back up and give everyone a bit of a history lesson because we know that 
y'all's history teachers were also the basketball coaches, but <laughs> no longer. Now you have a real one that's going to give you a bit of the past. So sit back, relax, hide from your family at Christmas, and listen to this. Okay, so we know the war on Christmas because Fox News always does their shit, and they've started up again, as we know. And I think it was last year, Tucker Carlson blamed Fauci on destroying Christmas, and he said that, you know, Fauci was bringing the cult of coronavirus to destroy Christmas— and it could have been the year before because Fauci was saying, hey, it's going to be a bad season right, yeah. for COVID. But they equate, they equate like a natural born sickness to the left trying to do away with Christmas. Yeah, well, they hop but on anything war- they can. They do. But the war on Christmas yeah. actually started a long time ago, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite places I found information was a scholarly journal called Cracked. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of Cracked it. magazine was somehow always the one my grandmother would let me have. And I was like, why can't I have Mad Magazine? So in my mind, Mad Magazine must have had boobs in it or something <laughs> like that. Have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, There had been earlier issues with Christmas, and guess when the first in America war on Christmas was? Not when. By whom? What, you say? The Christians? (laughs) Yes, you are correct. So in 1659, Puritan settlers decided Christmas is terrible, no one should celebrate it, and that you know, it was not of Christ. You mean the celebrating okay. part? The celebrating or even talking about Christmas. And these were the most devout Christians. And there are still people like that today where they just think because of the commercialism that it shouldn't be celebrated at all. Um, so do but, they have little crosses or, I mean, little electric chairs? I mean, <laughs> little crosses around their guillotines. house? Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Mm. I think it, they would have everything to do with that, but they don't celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but this ban by the Puritans lasted a generation, which I guess is 22 years, because somewhere else I read 22 years. Mm-hmm. But um, so if you were caught celebrating, you would get a fine. <laughs> and the American Puritan ancestors, they saw Christmas as a private affair that shouldn't be done in public. Well, amen. So look at there. I think that, yeah. that we should go back to that with all the churches. And with everyone's opinion yeah. in the world. Private I would affair. be all fine with that. Yeah. You know what would happen if they got caught celebrating Christmas? Moe's mother would boo. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> She's a Puritan. Boo, get the hell back in your house. So the history of it was the Puritans in England overthrew King Charles I in like 1649. I'm just getting this from memory. I'm not reading it all. Um, And one of the first things that they did was to ban Christmas. So Parliament decreed that December 25th instead should be a day of, ready? Yeah. Fasting and humiliation. I think that... I don't know if, I guess, the word humiliation makes me think of pranks to humiliate someone, like just going around pantsing people, but I think it just meant humbling yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've kept that part, but the fasting has gone out the window. No, we've, yeah. Flip-flop. So the Puritans in New England, when they came, they were all about the same thing, and they went to the General Court of Massachusetts Bay Colony and made it a criminal offense. I had no idea to celebrate Christmas. And it was, whoever so shall be found observing any such day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing of labor, (laughs) don't know, feasting, Mm -hmm. like, how would you... (laughs) What if you had two 
two mutton legs right. that day. <laughs> was it, or any other way, you had to pay five shillings. So that was their strict interpretation of the Bible, including they didn't like the pagan roots that people celebrated. And now I get why. Because they say in a yuletide twist of trick-or-treating, <laughs> during Christmas celebration, men dressed as women and vice versa and went door-to-door demanding food or money Demand. in return for the carols. Wow. I like the demanding so, money part. That's way better than candy because no one can put fentanyl in that. <laughs> That's right. But they can give you wooden nickels. <laughs> um, bands of mostly young people, there's a quote, and apprentices would go house to house and demand that the doors of prosperous people be open to them. Yeah. They felt they had a right to enter the houses yeah. of the wealthy and demand <laughs> their high-quality food and drink, not meager handouts, <laughs> but the stuff prosperous people would serve their own families. And to the people that didn't comply and didn't let them in, they vandalized their house or did violence. That is like trick-or-treat, but... Uh, twisted, yeah. I yeah. would just like to be able to go up to people's houses and demand to be let inside so I can see how they've decorated. That's me too. That's all I want to know. Can I have a little looky look? <laughs> I was seeing King Wenceslas, Wenceslas, whoever he was, Wenceslas. I forget. We don't even know if he was a king. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Can I come in and see what kind of wood you have on your floors? <laughs> so yeah. we talked about this before when we were talking about um, satanic panic and almost everything that I was dumbfounded, but it is absolutely true that every conspiracy and everything pretty much said on Fox News goes back to anti-Semitism. How? Which I... It's crazy. So in the 1920s, there was also war on Christmas because the Dearborn Independent newspaper owned by Henry Ford, yes, that Henry Ford, (laughs) ran a series of articles that were very well known called The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. Oh, God. Oh, God. So among... Claims that were outrageous and eventually buried by national outrage and libel suits and the Jewish Americans, um, you know, boards and all that. Supposedly, Jewish Americans were suppressing Christmas. So it said last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated in any way that Christmas commemorated someone's birth. And what year was this? 1921. Well. And he called it, Henry Ford called it Jewish Jewish opposition to Christmas. And that it actually boiled down to a few instances of Jewish leaders challenging the teaching of Christianity in public schools. So, you know, Jesus was up in all the classrooms. All the exercises were like A is for, you know, Adam's apple before Eve came and made everyone sinful. B is for, you know, Beelzebub or whatever. (laughs) And in came people who were Jewish and were like, hey, you know, can we pare that down a tad? (laughs) Because they even read the Bible in public schools, um, and that was very common. So they said, we're not arguing against Christianity, but we just want to let you know, you know, the First Amendment is public schools run by the government. And that set Henry Ford off. So he even began to accuse Jewish owners of some of America's great department stores. This will come in later, Bonnie. Remember this. Okay. Henry Ford, 1921, claiming stores like Levy's, I, oh, or at least run by mm-hmm. the Levy's, Isaacson's, Goldstein's, and the Silverman's of profiteering on the sale of Christian merchandise while conspiring 
to undermine the religious significance of the holiday. And yes, we all know that it was a pagan holiday at the beginning. Constantine took it and was like, no, we're going to celebrate Christmas. So if every single person doesn't do exactly what you do, there's a problem. There you go. Uh, And I was in a store the other day, and this couple was looking at something. I can't even remember what store it was, but as I was walking by, I heard him say, you know, well, I just want to say Merry Christmas then even louder. And I'm like... Fuck off, just fuck face. Sad. <laughs> like, yeah. It, Nobody cares. Like, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around why that's so important. Like, just, like, if I were bald, I wouldn't want everyone else to just look like me and, like, and go around going, shave that head off. I mean, hair off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's so... It's such a strange thing to fathom. Like, why are they so afraid? Well, this is what's interesting. The history of it isn't that war on Christmas is about Christmas. It's a war on diversity. You know, it's a war on, at the beginning, Jewish people, which is just, well, it's disgusting and terrible and all those other things. But, yeah, that... Especially, like, you can say Merry Christmas anytime you want. It's just maybe at the White House, they'll have Christmas trees and also have, you know, a dreidel. And that should be okay. But they're like, that's undermining it. Yeah. I, you know what, though? I ask these questions, and then I remember that I have the answer. Because the people who are afraid that other people will take power know that if they had that much power, they would treat people like shit. So they're afraid of not being in power and being shat upon. And they probably wouldn't get shit on. They right. are just perceiving, how do I feel about them? Right. They're going to do the same. Exactly. So after World War II, there was a big, like, religious sentiment because everyone was like, oh, you know, people are praying for all their kids going to war and all that. In the 50s and 60s, Christianity was at an all-time high, and it really started getting into schools even more and more. Yeah, there was definitely more of a pure vibe to the culture in the 50s. If happy days was true. (laughs) But, what you know, happy days didn't talk about Christianity, but it was just more so prevalent than it is now, where it was just accepted and it was the main way of everything. So in 1959, because some Jewish people were like, again... You know, do you mind? I'm sending my kid to the public school. Could you maybe maybe think about that you're reading the New Testament and talking about Jesus and every lesson, you know, just maybe thinking about us? So in 1959, the John Birch Society warned that there were crypto communists conspiring with the United Nations. It's so weird. I don't know how United Nations got into everything (laughs) to be hated. But anyway, to quote, take Christ out of Christmas, and you're going to love this word, to denude the event (laughs) of its religious meaning. Uh, Okay. So if you don't know, the John Birch Society were staunch opponents of the civil rights movement. And this article says they never met a conspiracy theory they didn't like. They're the ones that QAnon grandpas listen to in their youth. So um, I didn't know. I don't remember Dr. Strangelove, the movie. But supposedly the guy who talks about precious bodily fluids and Dr. Strangelove Mm -hmm. was inspired by the founder of the John Birch Society. Humans are just so weird. They're all terribly weird. And it's such a bummer that you that it's really unhealthy to be so isolated. We need connection. You know? We do. But finding people to connect with who don't have, you know, 
uh, hatred and and weirdnesses. <laughs> especially, so hard. yeah, especially where you Absolutely. and I both happen to live. And you know that was weird because when Christmas was outlawed way back in the Puritan days, it was I think Massachusetts that. Yeah, had it criminalized for 22 years. And I'm like, oh, I thought you guys were progressive. So it's a little bit of everywhere, bipping and bopping. You know who would have been really happy about that? Rochelle's no. family. Like, <laughs> can't make us listen to this damn Christmas story every 25th of December. That's right. Let's just go into the Rockefeller's house and eat their porridge or whatever. Porridge. So the actual the Rockefeller <laughs> porridge is ready. It's <laughs> I know history. So the precise phrase "Warren Christmas" <clears throat> was probably. <clears throat> What's that? The precise. <clears throat> so the actual term "War on Christmas." <clears throat> yeah. Great. Now, so, now Martha's the, decided she's playing. Oh yeah, she heard me coughing. Mm-hmm. So the actual phrase "War on Christmas" seems to be coined, have been coined in 1999 by Peter. I want to say Brimlow, but it's spelled Brimlow. He's a hardcore white nationalist opposed to immigration, although he immigrated from Britain. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So he launched a website called VDARE, V-D-A-R-E dot com, named after Virginia Dare. The first English child born in the Americas. So, I mean, he's Whitey McWhitey. Yeah. So he's the one that said War on Christmas on there. And then a host on Fox News, John Gibson, he decided, I'm going to write a book called The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought in 2005. So in, in my way of seeing things... Their fear of having Christmas banned is because they would really like to ban Kwanzaa and ban Hanukkah, and that if they if it if it was possible they would. Right. Exactly. I don't. Yep. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't like it either. Just yeah. go home and tell your Christmas story before you open your damn presents. <laughs> Get the beanie babies out. <laughs> Get the beanies and do it. Or if anyone is looking for a Marie Osmond doll <laughs> to be, play the part of Mary. Oh. I FaceTimed Bonnie this week because I found a box that my mother had given me a long time ago. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this could be one of those, what are they, the dolls that you can yeah, get money Madame from? Yeah, Alexander. Yes, because it had a big M on it, and I open it, <laughs> and it's a Marie Osmond doll. It's not of Marie Osmond. It's some no. stuff that she slapped her name on and sold on, like, a QVC. QVC, exactly. Platform. And I was so brokenhearted. Yeah. No, we will not be retiring soon. <laughs> Don't ask. Okay, so then Bill O'Reilly. Oh, no. That great Christian, he got involved in all of... The whole war on Christmas. He's the one that really started pushing it in 2006. And they demanded from what's called federated stores. Oh, yeah. That they start saying Merry Christmas again because Walmart and Target and Macy's, all of them started not doing that and saying Happy Holidays. So he went on a big boycott them. Everyone needs to bring Christ back into Christmas shit. And I did not realize this, but after he, quote, declared war on it, soon they did it. Macy's, Walmart, and other stores agreed to start saying Merry Christmas because of Bill Riley's thing. And so he said, we won the war. But... Yeah, they started telling their employees to say Merry Christmas. So the whole capitalism thing really won out. 
Um, and one place that wouldn't do it was Best Buy, and that put Best Buy on the Catholic League's shit list. Quote, <laughs> Christmas watch list. Yep. Well, you know what? It's really good that people followed what Bill O'Reilly said so that he could have the courage to harass women in the workplace. <laughs> yeah. So good going. I know. Um, but we see it kept going on and on, and the war on Christmas is still in our hearts and minds, obviously. <laughs> so we had the things with the Starbucks cup when they started stopped doing, like, Christmassy scenes. And, I mean, it would be snowmen or snowflakes, and they just went to the plain red cup, and that's what blew people's minds, which yeah. is... There was yeah, nothing about so, Christmas, and they're like, it's still red. I'm like, not enough! So some guy, I think Feuerstein, I'm not sure, went to Starbucks, and when they say, what's your name? He said, Merry Christmas, <laughs> so that they would have to say <laughs> so it. clever. <laughs> I know. So the Gap had its little time in being thwarted by the religious right because they had a crazy all-inclusive winter holiday sweater and ad and all that where it said, go Christmas, go Hanukkah, go Kwanzaa. This threw the American Family Association into a frenzy. They did a boycott on well-folded white button-down shirts. Can you imagine legitimately in your mind thinking, damn it, no, just us. Just us. I can, like, I can get, like, I want everyone to be like me and think like me, but would I ever do anything, like, out and out? No. And I was saying that the other day. I do TikTok lives, and I get lots of people telling me um, I'm going to hell. Someone said they saw demons in my eyes, and I'm the devil, and... I always get, there's a little bit of a tangent, I always get, you know, you'll find out soon enough, you're going to die and go to hell, you're going to burn eternity, da-da-da, and I'm like, you know, none of them ever are like, oh, this is a great conversation, I hear you, I love Jesus, he's great. None of them say that. Yeah. They're focused on the fear, because the fear is what keeps them in. And they're so focused on that and condemnation that I'm like, wait a minute. The Bible says wherever your thoughts are, there your heart is too. So are they actually Satanists? That's right. (laughs) I believe your mind. (laughs) And I think, but I think that's exactly what these people, like the whole persecution thing. So I found a phrase I had not heard. That is an official Wikipedia phrase called outrage porn. (laughs) So they are into the absolute, you know, where can I find this in society and where can I call it out? The monster drink emblem that they thought, the Oreo that they thought said something, et cetera, et cetera. So they're looking for this all the time. And that's why the gap even, you know, got lamboozled but so so you know what though let me bust in because i think that outrage porn is exactly to me what what tucker carlson is or bill o'reilly was or rush limbaugh Mm -hmm. it was just it was it fed some kind of reward in them in people who watch like yeah yeah i'm right you know i'm one I think it's absolutely on the left, too. So back to TikTok, where I live at my home, um, there are people who are call-out creators who are just calling out people all the time. Once in a while, your true Karen does that. But um, I did it a while ago. You and I have talked about this. People might know. Came across an account that I thought was really inappropriate, and it was directed at young men, and it was this guy who has his own Christian organization and then takes those young men out camping, and all of it did not look good. So 
I sent it to a mutual who's a call-out creator, and then a bunch of other call-out creators grabbed it up. It went viral, not on our account, but on all the one that men seem to lead. But anyway, it went viral. And then when I tried to follow up and get, and I'm mutual with all of them, to be like, okay, I'm collecting information because I'm going to be talking to his local police. Nobody cared. Mm. And I realize it, it's the adrenaline of the call out. Yeah. It, it, and then people will then leave it to followers like Bill O'Reilly and all that to do the actual work, to be the ones to protest or write letters or whatever it is. And... I get it. I get the adrenaline of it. And then everyone's like, you're right, you're right. And, you know, you're so good for calling this out. But no one, for things that are truly bad, wants to do anything about, like, pedophilia. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Thank you for my tangent. I just had to say that. So there's a term for that, call-out creator. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, all of them end up getting banned. And, I mean, they get threats. Some of them have gotten swatted. Do you know what swatting is? When you call the police and say there is an active, like, hostage situation at someone's house and the SWAT team (gasps) comes and calls them out. That's such a waste of resources. Waste and, like, their kids and everything. I mean, That would traumatize me Totally. Big time. So I'm, I sort of, I just like our peacefulness. Although if we catch a pedo, that's fine. So mm. let's see where we were. Okay, so back to the gap. They get called out by Bill O'Reilly or whoever for doing their, you know, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, anything you celebrate, go for it. And then there was a boycott and Gap's corporate vice president of communications said that the company planned to launch a new commercial with, quote, a very strong Christmas theme. So my most surprising thing while researching was finding out how all these companies decided to bend yeah. and be like, okay. I don't know. It's really weird because so much now seems to be a shift in power where... The advertisers will now, like, cancel a show, you know? Right. Or they'll take their ad dollars and spend them elsewhere. Yeah. And, I mean, it makes sense that you want to take things that are dangerous, like they did to Bill O'Reilly, finally, you know, and go after the people who are advertising there. I think currently there is a media app that is having that done to them but I think it can be used in such a dangerous way like this and we all know Christmas you know capitalism is the reason for the season (laughs) and obviously Bill Riley knows that it's not Christ he knew how to do it because if Christ was more powerful than capitalism (laughs) Christ would have done it So I found That's out right. that there was actually, it's a website, but it's old now. It's called the Committee to Save Merry Christmas. God. And their whole mission statement is saying that the deliberate and intentional exclusion of saying Merry Christmas by these federated department stores with substitute uncelebratory phrases is thoughtless, condescending, and hurtful. Uh, And I'm just thinking two halves and like an official committee use the word hurtful. Yeah. It's such a personal, um, just blowing your sense of self out of proportion. There's so many other hurtful things out there. These are like the people at the very tip top of their Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, (laughs) don't hurt our feelings. And at Christmas, it's presents first, lights second, third, music, (laughs) fourth, some kind of chocolatey delight, pedophores is good. And then 
after that, safety, water, sleep. But, yeah, the outrage porn is the perfect term for it. And obviously the war on Christmas, just like satanic panic and all that, has obviously been around forever, but it's just called different things. Let me bust in here because you probably have this too. There are those bumper stickers and the art to me is not something I can easily identify, but it's not a nice rectangular sticker, but it's it's got something on there and maybe it's a manger and it's like, keep Christ in Christmas. Right. Those people slap those stickers on their cars. And then to me, the offensive thing is like, you're so lazy, you can't take that sticker off after Christmas is over. <laughs> you leave it on your stupid car all year long. You know, yeah. like, oh, do you not want to press the station on the radio? You're going to listen to, you know, all I want for Christmas is you all year long. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I just want to oh, I just want to rip that sticker off that car. We used to live in a town here that had a huge church that had its own bumper sticker that you knew. Yeah. It was like a Christian saying, but everyone knew it was from that church. And the idea that it, worst drivers ever, like if you saw it, you would. That's, on that's what car, happens here. Yeah. They're all over. Just, and it's a cross mm-hmm. equals and then a heart. And every time they cut me off, I'm like, plus equals heart. Plus equals heart. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they thought the cross is cross over the line yeah. when you want <laughs> and don't to. look. And the heart is blood. blood. <laughs> <laughs> cross over the line equals your heart's on the pavement. Uh, exactly. I hope everyone has a good Christmas, Kwanzaa, yeah. Hanukkah whatever or nothing or, or December Feast of Epiphany. <laughs> you know what someone said that was so good because I put up a meme on one of our things about, you know, how some people say atheists aren't allowed to celebrate Christmas or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> someone said, well, shouldn't it be celebrated in March then? Because of the beginning of the conception and I'm like there you go you're so pro-life Jesus was a person in March although we know scholars think that if there's a historical Jesus that was born it would be uh, April-ish because they figured out this and that with the stars and the feasts and blah 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 (laughs) stars Um, and feasts Yeah, it's too much I'm just going to go listen to some music and be happy. I know. Not church music. (laughs) Christmas is about wham. And that's it. Yeah. And Mariah Carey. (laughs) She all right. She all right. I am sorry. I love that song. I do too. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Have a good December. Good. And we're going to do a yearly roundup. Before we take a bit of a break. What? I'm saying that, I know. It's the first Bonnie's ever heard of it. All right, well. Because we saw in our yearly roundup on Spotify that we produce um, and work harder than 94% of other comedy <laughs> podcasts. And when I saw that, I realized how much I can do this all the time. I realized, you know what? We don't have to be like that. Let's just be in the 80s range. That will be fine. So we're going to take a little time off and do content and sort of have a 2023 season that will premiere. Does that sound good to you, Bonnie? Sure. Yeah. I want you to be happy. Oh, here we and go. No, because 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 <laughs> uh-huh. Karen has to edit it, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know, listening to pieces and bits over and over again. You mm, know, serious. It's annoying. I know. Um, no, but also we'll still be doing all our usual stuff. We'll just be able to have a little breathing room and. 
This will give us time yeah. to go to church services, too. Okay, see you later. What, what if we get <laughs> saved and we have to change it? Conversion therapy coming in 2023. I'm going to get saved again. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not conversion therapy. I actually missed that. Um, yeah. Saved. Part two. <laughs> Bye. Don't be a shit pile. All right, and happy almost New Year. <laughs>